Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. I have a question for you, and I want you to stay with me here because it's kind of a doozy. So here goes. Is it possible that Donald Trump caused Scandaval? I'm not the first person to raise this question, but I may be the first person to investigate it on a podcast. And that's probably because the first person to kick off the Donald Trump to Scandaval pipeline theory isn't exactly a reliable narrator. But we'll get to her in just a second. Last we checked in, we were catching up with Vanderpump Rules' most dependable but ultimately doomed couple. Cool girl Ariana Maddox and the endearing but toxic Tom Sandoval. Bound together in a nine-year common-law marriage by a shared love of costume, the $2 million house they bought together in the Valley, and something called a dumpling latte. But Tom and Ariana on their own are not what made this love triangle sing the siren song of scandal to Vanderpump fans. After all, for nearly a decade, they were simply a pair, a straight line from one person to the other. No, this love triangle's most unexpected angle has always been its most obtuse. Raquel Levis the majority of my brain was like, Tom and Ariana broke up. And then I thought, Raquel? And then I thought, don't I know a Raquel? And then I thought, the Raquel from the show? And then I thought, having sex with each other? When that now infamous TMZ headline dropped on March 3rd, 2023, Tom Sandoval and Ariana Maddox call it quits. Allegations he cheated with co-star Raquel Levis. The most shocking part was not that Tom Sandoval had cheated on Ariana Maddox. As we've established, Tom is a past, present, and future idiot, while Ariana treated him far too generously for far too long. For example, in season four, when the Sir Boys planned a trip to Las Vegas the day after Ariana's birthday, and Ariana had to tearfully explain to her boyfriend why it would be a difficult time for him to leave her. My birthday is really hard. My dad used to call me and say the same thing to me every year on my birthday. He said that the day I was born was the best day of his life. Ariana's father had passed away just two years earlier, and Tom was the person she needed most during this emotional time of year. The prospect of him not being there is what's making her so upset. So Tom reassures her of exactly how he intends to show up for her in their relationship. Ariana, all you have to know is like, with us, with this, I'm not going anywhere. 
The relief that washes over Ariana's face is as bright and shiny as the tiny stickers adorning her cheeks for her kid-themed birthday party. But it only lasts a moment. I'm always gonna be here for you. But apparently he told me that we're going to a construction yard and we're taking bulldozers and like crushing with bulldozers. Ariana had to understand. There were going to be bulldozers and they would be crushing shit with them. Likewise, we had to understand that the likelihood of Tom cheating on Ariana, just like he'd cheated on Kristen with her, was always high. The likelihood that Tom was going to take out a home equity loan on the house they shared together and then immediately begin an affair that would tank his public image was specific, but also high. But what we never could have imagined, not even with the distant sound of bulldozers crushing shit still ringing in our ears, was the other half of that TMZ headline. The most shocking part of this scandal was never that Sandoval cheated on Ariana. It was that he did it with Raquel. And she did it with him. Raquel and her inscrutable relationships with Ariana and Tom are what made this affair more than just your average Vanderpump cheating rumor. With a blank look in her eyes and an Instagram full of suspicious photos, Raquel was the unexpected element that turned every average Vanderpump viewer into a bona fide Sherlock Holmes for months on end. Raquel is what turned this scandal into a full-blown scandal. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, this is an American Scandaval. One retrospective story in three salacious parts. I'm your host, Jody Walker, and I have to tell you something about Raquel Levis. I literally do not know what this woman's name is. Or at least, I don't know what to call her. That's because we met Raquel Levis as, well, Raquel Levis. But when Scandoval was exposed, one of the many unexpected truths that came with it, this one through a TikTok from Raquel's former high school classmate's wife, is that Raquel's legal name is actually Rachel. A difficult blow for Rachel's everywhere, but a huge coup for a fan base ready and willing to make fun of one particular Rachel. Here's my morally corrupt co-host, Rachel Lindsay, working her way through sharing a name with a cheater the morning after the Scandal affair was exposed. Well, one thing that came out, which I, I'm just as baffled by, is that her name is not Raquel. Oh my God. I'm sorry, that is, that's, that is huge to me, okay? And, um, she, and what, and what, is, what is her government name? Sadly, Rach? it's Rachel. <laughs> and I used to say, I never met a Rachel I didn't like. <gasps> I have oh, to retract no. that statement. I guess there's always an exception to the rule, but she's not a Rachel, she's a Raquel. Yeah. What the fuck? According to Raquel, she started going by her altered name in the first grade as a way to stand out. So naturally... When the public turned against her post-Scandaval, people immediately started calling her Rachel as a sign of disrespect. 
And a few months later, when she decided to reclaim her given name, some of the still-seething public then went back to calling her Raquel in a further act of defiance, while others continued to call her Rachel, but this time as an act of acceptance. So, all of that is to say that I will be calling Raquel Raquel. But for the duration of the podcast, you may hear other Bravo experts, psychologists, astrologers, and legal advisors alternate between calling her both Rachel and Raquel. And that somehow still may be the least confounding thing about Rachel Raquel Levis. The fact that we still didn't know Raquel's real name or how she got her fake name or really much about her at all when Scandaval dropped during season 10 of Vanderpump Rules actually makes perfect sense when aligned with the Raquel we'd experienced on the show. Which is to say, a doe-eyed question mark no one was particularly interested in unraveling. Early on, journalist Hannah Selinger didn't see a lot of there there. I personally, like, don't have much patience for people who I feel like are not very smart, so that's probably part of it. But I just, I never got a good vibe. I know her to be a fan. You know, she chased James Kennedy down. I mean, that is what it is, but, like, she was hungry for the show. She was hungry for fame. I didn't like her. And even after five seasons on the show, we still didn't know much about Raquel aside from a few things. One, that she was a Vanderpump Rules superfan who allegedly started a relationship with DJ James Kennedy as a means of getting on the show. Two, that she attempted to throw a puppy party that no one wanted to attend and that included a game called Pooh Bag Toss and a flyer invitation that looked like it had been made by a pastel-obsessed serial killer. And of course, three, that she had been dragged endlessly and ruthlessly by Lala Kent. Guess what? I thought you were a f-ing dummy before my dad died. I never f-ing damn Would Lala get fired? When we first encountered Raquel on season five of Vanderpump Rules, she wasn't even a friend of. She was the long-distance, suspiciously coupled girlfriend of James Kennedy, a British busboy turned disc jockey. James got onto the show himself by briefly dating Sandoval's ex-girlfriend, Kristen Doty, and immediately became a series regular because, well, he was DJ James Kennedy. Kristen is nine years James's senior, and Sandoval claimed in the season two reunion that Kristen started dating this young DJ specifically to spite him. So Kristen starts basically screwing the one guy that would completely kind of turned my life upside down. I was a gentleman, like I left, I left to the apartment to herself and what does she do? She starts begging this guy that I'm getting ready to move in with, on my bed, with my condoms. I walked in right oh. after they got done banging and gave him my pants and my underwear. Cause that's the kind of a, a friend I am. Tom Sandoval is the kind of guy who gives his ex-girlfriend spite fuck the underwear off his own butt. And James Kennedy, I guess, is the kind of guy who takes them. These are the bookend princes through whom we come to know Raquel. One, her entrance ramp, the other, her emergency ejector seat. And in between them, we learned very little about the woman herself. 
Early in season five, Lala first explains, rather ironically to Tom Sandoval and Ariana, that Raquel is the new long-distance beauty queen girlfriend of James Kennedy. I went to James's and we just like had champs and I got his apartment not so mannish because his girlfriend Raquel comes in today. Have you met her before? She's 21, but she's a pageant girl, so I know that she wants to like be goody two-shoes. So Raquel's gonna stay in the living room with the sheet wall. So you would understand. From the very beginning, Ariana was worried about young, innocent Raquel's place in the tumultuous, sheet-walled world of Vanderpump rules. And even if that generosity would ultimately betray her, she was right to be concerned. DJ James Kennedy was not the smoothest entry ramp into this friend group. Still, as James tells us in season five, it was love at first fist pump. I met her at pump on New Year's Eve while I was DJing. I played a little Beyonce and I wound up with a girlfriend. She's doing her senior year in school right now up in Sonoma, but she's here for the summer staying with her parents. It's going to be a good one. So, to summarize, when Raquel joined one of the most popular reality shows on television in 2016, she was a 21-year-old senior in college still living with her parents, which is to say she had very few things tethering her to the world outside of Vanderpump. Her prefrontal cortex literally wouldn't finish developing for another four years. And all of those years would be spent listening to untold hours of house music during a partnership with James Kennedy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to See You Next Tuesday. It's James Kennedy, I'll be jumping all the beats. Three seasons into being James's girlfriend and still not a full-time cast member on the show, It really is no wonder that Raquel attached so much meaning to throwing a puppy shower for her new dog, Graham, in season seven. It's also, unfortunately, no wonder that no one really wanted to attend said puppy party. Well, I wanted to stop by and invite you guys to my puppy shower. What is a puppy shower? It's like a baby shower, but for our little because we love him so much. Baby showers are before they're born. There's not a puppy shower flyer. Raquel, are you serious? Yeah, I'm one. Are you serious? I just have to decline. I'm shocked that she doesn't want to come to my puppy party. When season 10 premiered in early 2023, it was Raquel's sixth season in the Vanderpump world and her first time being asked on as a main cast member. And she was still thinking about that puppy party. Katie and I were never close as friends because she always had beef with James and she didn't come to my puppy party. But that's probably because the puppy party was still kind of all Raquel had. By season 10, she'd called off her engagement to the man she'd likely started dating to get on the show but not before he'd also burned most of her bridges with the other cast members. Or maybe I spoke too soon, because there actually were two full-time cast members who showed up at Raquel's puppy shower, Tom Sandoval and Ariana Maddox. And for those watching closely enough, 
or maybe revisiting to watch a little closer following a world-altering scandal, Raquel also collected a few other suspicious plot points over the course of seasons five to nine. Raquel got a nose job that James messed up by allegedly kissing her too hard. So several of the women in the cast sold beat picks to try to fund her correction surgery. Two of those generous feet belong to, you guessed it, Ariana Maddox. Raquel got a shorter, cool girl haircut in season nine that looked suspiciously like Ariana's cool girl haircut from season seven. Raquel got engaged to James Kennedy. Raquel announced her breakup with James Kennedy at the season nine reunion, handing her ring back to him in front of a particularly magnanimous Tom Sandoval the man who had inexplicably planned most of their Coachella-themed engagement and even more inexplicably split its $25,000 price tag with James. And in her closest hint at a personality, Raquel kind of learned to stand up for herself while relentlessly being called dumb by several members of the cast. And Lalak calls me stupid. Yeah. Like, do you think I'm stupid? No, Raquel, no. I think you're intelligent and smart and beautiful and kind and giving. I think the reason why I take it so personally is because it was really, really hard for me to learn growing up. In elementary school, I had to, you know, retake my multiplication tables and I couldn't join the ice cream party because I didn't reach all my 12 scoops for each times table. If you didn't complete all your scoops, then you were assigned to sit in a classroom and watch Winnie the Pooh. I've always hated Winnie the Pooh because of that. Coming into season 10, it all added up to kind of a concerning picture. The picture of a young woman who's been fully made over, separated from the person who formed most of her identity on the show, and with a new demand to perform at the level of a full-time cast member. Even from the very beginning of season 10, Emily Hanks, host of the She Speaks Bravo podcast, thought something seemed off. Before any promo was coming out or before any like gossip was coming out about the season they were filming, I was like, good for Rachel. She's going to have a season without James. It's going to be interesting to watch. Um, I think she was given a, you know, an unfair shake by some of the women, but like, I'm, I'm open to it. I understood people's dislike of her, but you know, we gravitate towards someone who's being ganged up on, on reality TV. So I, like, you kind of want to protect her. Then the season started and she was totally different. Like her, the way she spoke was different. Her mouth moved different. And I was like, something's off. And I was so pissed about the Schwartz thing. Right. The Schwartz thing. In all of the season 10 promo, it was hinted that Raquel was romantically pursuing the very recently divorced Tom Schwartz. But in episode two, we find her on an ill-advised date, not with Schwartz, but with Peter Madrigal, of all people, 
explaining why she was disappointed in her placement at the 2022 Miss California USA pageant. It's a little heartbreaking because it was my last pageant. Well, you can't do any more pageants? No, because I'm too old now. (laughs) (laughs) Donald Trump decided that when you reach the age of 27, you've reached your peak. So this was the last chance for me to take home the crown. That's right. It was Raquel who first suggested that Donald Trump is the reason she can no longer compete in the Miss USA pageant circuit, and therefore the reason that she is floundering so very hard right now, as evidenced by the fact that she is weeks away from beginning an affair with one of her best friend's boyfriends and moments away from bursting into unexpected tears while on a day date with the ghost of Sir's past, present, and future, Peter Madrigal. Now again, Raquel is not the most reliable narrator in season 10. So allow me to fact check this Donald Trump connection just a little bit for you. In 2022, the maximum age for competing in the Miss USA pageant network was 28 years old, not 27. There is no evidence that Donald Trump personally instituted the 18 to 28 age limit for the Miss Universe organization. And at the time of her statement, Donald Trump had not been affiliated with the Miss Universe organization or Miss USA since 2015, a year before Raquel ever began competing in state pageants. But really, what are semantics when you're about to start fucking the lead singer of a cover band? It doesn't matter if Donald Trump is actually the reason Raquel aged out of pageants. It only matters that she thinks he is. Because when we encounter Raquel in season 10, and when Peter encounters her on this date, It's Donald Trump's perceived restrictions on Raquel's ability to continue competing in pageants that have sent this retired pageant girl into a bit of a tailspin. It sent me into deep depression. And I've obviously been been, trying to... Wait, wait, deep depression? (laughs) Yes. Are you still in the deep depression? No. You are. I don't know. I don't know. It's, It's hard. (laughs) Just trying to figure out my life. And obviously, like, I could go back to school and get my master's, but I just want to, like, be single and live my life. Peter Madrigal is at a loss. Managing a restaurant in West Hollywood for one million years has not prepared him to manage an aging beauty queen's rapidly changing emotions. He likely knows that buying a sports car is an obvious sign of a man going through a midlife crisis, but he seems completely unaware that cry laughing while contemplating going to grad school is the absolute surest sign that a woman might be in the midst of a quarter-life crisis. Andy Cohen himself had some thoughts on the state in which we were finding Raquel in season 10 that he shared on the Chicks in the Office podcast. Think of her journey on the show. She was barely on the show. She was, think of 
was it maybe two seasons ago or more, she was having a puppy party. Now it is 2022. She's now somehow got the attention of the two principals on the show, two of the principals, Sandoval and Schwartz, who are both paying her all this attention. And she's got Katie and Lala and... Ariana, who are, and Sheena, who are all kind of, she's in the mix in a very big way. So is there a part of you that could consider that maybe she became intoxicated by now being a principal on this show and being considered as such, she got a lot of attention. Maybe she became intoxicated by Mm -hmm. being such a part of the show and maybe that made her lose her sense of herself. And Raquel seemed to confirm as much a little later in season 10. I've always been the good girl, but now that I've aged out of pageants, I don't have to worry so much about my reputation. So honestly, I feel like I'm kind of making up for lost time right now. You going through this continued identity crisis, masked as a cry of independence, was once again immediately followed by a bout of unexpected tears. But this time, Raquel was bawling in the arms of Ariana who was in the middle of complimenting Raquel on all her newly found self-confidence. All the while, Raquel was conducting a secret affair with Ariana's boyfriend. So you really have to wonder, if Raquel had just chosen to go the grad school route instead of the, you know, secretly sleep with your biggest supporter's common-law husband for seven months until you get caught route, maybe some of this sobbing could have been avoided. But that's not reality. And it's certainly not reality TV. Because some Bravo Bells cannot be unrung. The news drops that Tom Sandoval has been cheating on Ariana with Raquel. Do you remember where you were, what you were doing when you heard the news and kind of your immediate reaction at the time? The day the world changed. It was a Friday. I was shocked. I was like, wait, what? Like, there's, I mean, how? (laughs) I read it and I was like, this has to be fake. Ariana is a great partner. There's just no way he would do something like this, like in such a sloppy and stupid way and get caught at least, at the very least. We were blown away. We were so confused. So then you go online to realize that Ariana is has deactivated her Instagram account. So you know it's real. You know it's real. My initial reaction is no way this is real. This is not real. Like, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't fathom it. It just seems so bizarre and so far-fetched. Yet also completely, I also was like, yeah, I'm sure Tom did that because he seems like that type of person. Then to find out it's the artist formerly known as Raquel was the other woman. I always say it's like uh, at the end of the movie, The Usual Suspects, when like uh, Kevin Spacey walks out of like being questioned and he's like stuttering and tripping. And then you realize the whole thing was a bit. And he was like, he was Kaiser Soze. And the, the floor fell out. 
Not everyone I speak to remembers exactly what time it was when they saw the TMZ headline, but everyone remembers that it was a Friday. Because one of the many gifts that Scandaval has given us, perhaps the first gift it gave us, is that it started on a weekend. We had three full days to roll around in it, to investigate it, to type all caps in our group chats about it before the next work week. And for Hannah Selinger, that weekend was even more memorable because she was about to make direct contact with the fathership, Andy Cohen, and make Bravo etymology history all in one fell social media swoop. It was a Friday. Yeah, it was a Friday. I like went and did like this deep dive on the internet trying to find out everything I could. And then the next day I was like just all in on Instagram, like just sending out stories on my Instagram. And I was like, Sandoval, scandal, Sandoval, scandal. It's a scandal. <laughs> I was like, I feel like no one has come up with this genius yet. So I wrote a story, like I posted to my stories, like hashtag Scandaval. I was like, I'm, this is my term or something like that, but you're welcome to use it. And then I tagged Andy Cohen. And like two seconds later, he reposted it and was like, I just want everybody to know that this is Hannah Selinger's term and I'm giving her credit, but I am going to officially use this from now on. And my best friend was like, holy shit, did Andy Cohen just repost you? Hannah knows she may not have been the first person to think of the inevitable Scandaval portmanteau, but she was the first person Andy Cohen reposted. And if a tree falls in the woods without Andy Cohen putting it in the Watch What Happens Live clubhouse, well, did it ever really fall at all? Once named, Scandaval created an uncontrollable frenzy of content to consume or to be consumed by. Here's Hannah again. It took on a life of its own. And I'm sure Tom and Ariana feel like this too. It's even bigger than them. And Sandoval keeps saying publicly, oh, I just want this to end. Why is this such a big story? I don't even want to be a part of this anymore. It's like, well, bro, like, first of all, you're a public figure and you don't get to control, you know, how famous you are or in what capacity you are. You want the money? Like, this is what it is. Like, this is what fame is. The same thing applies to stories like this. It's like, you don't really get to control where the river winds. It just winds. And wind it did. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. 
Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. According to what I've seen on 500 episodes of Law & Order SVU, most investigative leads come from detectives asking New York City bartenders if they recognize a person from a wallet-sized photo while they meticulously wipe down an already gleaming counter. But as for Bravo investigations, they play out in three equally respectable places. Instagram for current and immediate developments, Reddit for conspiring about retrospective evidence, and TikTok for murderboarding timelines and archival footage together. And the case of Scandaval created a particularly heightened challenge on all three fronts, as content creator Ginny Blaze points out. The timing of events on the show, plus the timing of events in real life, and then the timing of events of when we find out information, there's so many different pieces that are involved in like the experience of Scandaval. We started putting together anything we could recall. I mean, there was even a random person who was at one of Tom Sandoval's shows in, where was it? It was somewhere, I say like Fresno, but that's not it. But he posted something saying like, I was there that night, she was really drunk, she was crying, and while he was, and it looked like he, Tom Sandoval was singing to Raquel, and Raquel kept saying, why won't he? Why won't he? And I'm like, stop it. This is not real. Like, you can't make this up. Of course, someone could make it up. First of all, there were three very messy timelines to keep up with and investigate. There was the present day timeline in March, 2023, after the affair had been exposed. The retroactively developing timeline when the suspected affair started in August 2022 to when it was exposed in March 2023. And the portion of that second timeline that we were about to watch play out on our televisions in the remaining 11 episodes of season 10. Rumors surrounding the overlapping timelines began flying across the internet from every angle. Their sources fluctuated wildly between close friends of Ariana telling first-person accounts of what happened the night she found out about the affair, to some guy in Fresno or somewhere who was pretty sure he saw Raquel weeping in the balcony of Tom's show in November. 
But one way or another, those rumors would get debunked or more often verified. Now, months-old photos of Raquel alone at a Tom Sandoval concert represented the divide between truth and fiction, between knowing and not knowing, between investigating reality or waiting around to encounter it on our TV screens. What quickly became clear on that Friday was that cracking the case of Scandival would be a lot of work and probably a little disgusting if it meant scouring old videos from every Tom and the Most Extras concert over the past seven months. But Bravo fans have never shied away from self-flagellation. Podcast host Ryan Bailey has a motto to live by when it comes to the might of this fandom's determination to find the truth. You do not want to mess with the IRS or a Bravo fan because they will do digging. The Reddit threads, it blows me away. And I'm like, wow, we all have such beautiful minds. Like what an amazing fandom where we are digging this deep in. And I mean, I'm looking at their home loans. I'm looking at like what he mortgaged the house for. All of this information has been pulled. And I think that's another thing is that you can't outsmart us. And that's good and bad because sometimes you want to let a narrative play out and we will sometimes jam ourselves into it. Other Bravo scandals may have been just as outrageous as Scandaval on paper. We may have been fascinated by Jin Shah's dramatic arrest, but that case was being investigated by the FBI. I don't exactly have access to look into that federal evidence myself. But an Instagram? Well, I have that. A TikTok? I can't keep it on my home screen or I'll spend every minute of my life on there, but I have access to TikTok. Podcasts? Oh yeah, I'm big on podcasts. I've even made a few. And these days, almost every cast member of Vanderpump Rules, past and present, also has a podcast. But even better for them, now they had our attention. Okay, well, then the cast of Vanderpump Rules was apparently not on a gag order because that happens on the shows when they're filming, but they had wrapped filming already. So you got Lala, you got James on their Instagram stories saying it happened, saying Ariana is okay with us talking about this. Fuck Tom, go to Tom's show and boo him. This really happened. The Scandaval investigation was on. And somehow, we were in charge of it. The fans, the content creators, the Bravo citizen detectives. But behind all those internet investigations, there was also them. The cast of Vanderpump Rules, very much not under a gag order and very much ready and willing to tell us basically everything they knew about the mysterious happenings of Scandaval from the moment the news dropped that Friday. Sandoval was out with his band in Orange County. People were booing him. And uh, DJ James Kennedy was like, you've got to throw tomatoes at this man. You've got to scream him down in public. And I was like, no way. And then I found out the cameras were going back up. I was like, whoa, cameras are going back up. That's wild. They're going to capture this. They're going to agree to film this. 
Following the initial bomb drop, the biggest clue for most Bravo fans that Scandaval was actually real were the reports that six months after season 10 had originally wrapped, cameras were picking back up to film the affair's fallout. An unprecedented move in Bravo history. And though that footage would ultimately become one of the best television episodes of any young Bravo fan's life, the cameras picking back up on March 3rd only promised future payoff. Right here, right now, in order to figure out what was going on with this affair, we were going to have to pick up our cameras and start recording frequent breathless social media videos about the cast frequent breathless social media activity. Because you know what does have immediate payoff? Seeing that Ariana deactivated her Instagram account, signaling that at least something had gone awry in Valley Village. Seeing that Sheena had unfollowed Raquel on Instagram, all but confirming Raquel's role in this love triangle. Watching DJ James Kennedy go absolutely AWOL in the comments of every Instagram post that would have him, confirming that the affair was real, alleging that Sandoval and Raquel were in love, commenting, this song is trash, sounds like someone taking a dump on a post about Sandoval's new song, and rolling into Dumois' DMs to confirm that this affair started seven months ago, and Sandoval and Raquel allegedly hooked up inside Ariana's home while she was asleep. And of course, as previously mentioned, giving advice on how to throw the perfect tomato at Tom Sandoval during the concert he would still be conducting in Anaheim on that Friday night. If you're in Orange County, okay, and you're planning on seeing Tom Sandoval in the most extras tonight, don't forget to bring the tomatoes and the cabbage, okay? You want to get a good aim and you want to squeeze the tomato a little bit so it's just a little juicy before you throw it. Katie Maloney took a more subtle route than James, simply posting two clown emojis to her Instagram stories. And Lala Kent performed a much more long-winded version of subtle in a series of Instagram stories so extensive that the top line resembled a never-ending row of ants on a log. Feeling so hungry. Feeling like a lion. Needs to feast on a little... Little gazelle. You fuck with Ariana, you're fucking with a gang of folk. Scandaval was shaping up to be the biggest reality TV scandal of the last decade, and it wasn't even happening on reality TV. And that's because in the last decade, the way we consume reality TV has changed significantly. Bravo doesn't just exist on Bravo anymore. It exists in the live tweets during episodes about how Sonia Morgan is a once-in-a-generation talent who just can't get out of her own way. It exists on Reddit, where fans theorize and collect data about their favorite stars. It exists on the many, many Bravo Instagram accounts that meme and curate and break news just like the tabloids of yesteryear. Ryan Bailey describes the shifting way in which we're consuming reality TV as second screen technology. And never were our second screens more alive than in the days, weeks, and months after Scandaval broke. 
we create another show of Vanderpump Rules. We sometimes are ahead of the game. We see things happening, especially during Scandaball. It was insane because new information was coming out. We were on the Scandaball beat, like actual reporters breaking down like Watergate or something. It became that intense, but it just, you got swept up in it and the audience and the fandom. So if you think of James Kennedy as Deep Throat, and I do, and Instagram as a seedy parking garage, which it is, then yeah, I'm basically Bob Woodward. Scandaval skeptics have been quick to point out that there have been many cheating scandals on Vanderpump Rules and many cheating scandals in reality TV. What made this affair any different? Was the manic attention to solving Scandaval that erupted that fateful March 3rd weekend not just a case of a bunch of people with nothing better to do? And to that I say, maybe. But in combination with the Bravo community's hobbyist epidemic was the fact that 10 years into Vanderpump Rules, we'd never had more access to these people's lives than when Scandaval dropped. For the first eight, nine years, Bravo Liberties did not have to rely on social media the way that they do now. It was just very different. It was like on Instagram, we're putting up pictures of our families and our lives. And now we use it as, uh, you can use it as talking about reality shows and pushing out content that way. So it helped our ecosystem a lot, but I also think we got seduced by it as well. It was such an exciting time in the sense of there was so much to talk about. There was so much to laugh about. There was so much to be horrified about. People put that in their stories. People will talk about this meme or that meme. People will do Reddit threads talking about something they saw on Instagram or social media. And you really see with reality shows, it, it is dependent on our second screen technology that didn't exist when I first wa watched Real Housewives of Orange County 18 years ago. I mean, in fact, the night Twitter, the Twitter premiered the same night that Real Housewives of Orange County did. 18 years ago, on the same night in March, Vicky Gumbelson opened up the gates of Coto de Casa and a quartet of nerds launched Twitter. And now Lala Kent can sell hoodies on her website because of a sentence she said on her Instagram stories about a scandal that barely even involves her. Here's Hannah Selinger again on what it felt like to watch Scandaval unfold across our social media screens. I mean, it was such consumable. First of all, it like took over my life. I mean, I was like on deadline for things and I was like, I have to listen to 30 podcasts about Vanderpump Rules today. Did I feed my kids? Like, I hope so. It really like it was a bubble. And I feel like everyone I knew who was involved with it was the same. It was like, we were all listening to the same content. We needed to know everything about what was going on because it, it tread this line, you know, normally with reality TV, it's closed off to the public. So you don't get to see behind the curtain in any of these. And Bravo fans are like vampires. Once we're invited in, you cannot get rid of us. Plus, we were hungry for blood, and we knew just where to find it. Scandaval tapped perfectly into the sizable Venn diagram overlap between fans of true crime and fans of Bravo. 
And investigating Scandaval not only felt more attainable than investigating Jen Shaw's wire fraud, it also felt more fun because it had that added benefit of not making you feel quite so complicit in the behavior of someone who tells vulnerable parties that the extended warranty on their vehicle is about to expire. No, Tom Sandoval was just an asshole. Raquel was lost. And Ariana was someone we could rally behind and support even as we were investigating this very bad thing that happened to her. And all three of them, had been documenting their every move on social media for the last six months. This affair may not have been an actual crime, but it certainly called for an investigation. Because what Scandaval made clearer than ever before is that this era of second screen technology doesn't just create access, it creates an archive. And Bravo content creators like Jenny Blaze, they're archivists. The New York City bartenders we turn to when we have a wallet-sized photo of a crying woman in Fresno that needs identifying. People tell me all the time, they're like, I just go to your page to get the recap because I don't want to go out to everyone's thing or whatever. So we have all this documentation of what they've done off camera off the show on our accounts and we're reminded tom sandoval dressed up as raquel for halloween during this affair and i'm like i think that was probably one of the biggest things for me that i'm Mm -hmm. like this is too much like Mm -hmm. this is on a different level like what every new piece of information that came out I was like wait a minute and I like posted it to share it with people Mm -hmm. and like was putting in my comments and it was like wait it was with Raquel wait it's been going on for six months wait they want to be together Mm -hmm. wait wait they have matching lightning bolt necklaces On a normal day, Jenny is a Bravo content creator, podcaster, and cannabis activist under her Bravo and Blaze moniker. She updates her Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok with the most interesting happenings in the Bravo Extended Universe. But on March 3rd, that universe narrowed into one subject with one mission. Figure out how this affair took place right under our noses. As of December 2023, Jenny's Instagram features 42 highlights devoted to her Scandaval coverage, each containing 100 stories. I was an English major, so I'll let you do the math on that one. But looking through that first highlight, appropriately titled Scandaval 1, is a perfect time capsule of the breathless speed with which we experienced those early info dumps. Swiping through Ginny and hundreds of other Bravo archivist Instagram stories at any given moment felt a little something like this. Production is outside of Tom and Ariana's house, and they're filming with Tom and Ariana inside. Vanderpump watchers, like, we need, like, a CNN 24-hour breaking news channel. Like, where is f***ing Lester Holt? We need support. Raquel 
allegedly sent Sandoval videos of her touching herself and Ariana saw them. Page six exclusive, Raquel says intimate FaceTime sesh recorded without consent. They went on dates wearing full disguises. Like, we need to know what the disguises were. Are we talking hats, wigs, mustaches, realistic FX makeup, clown costumes? Like, what were the disguises? Right now, as I speak, Tom Sandoval is on a stage performing like a sociopath. What about Ariana? Did you hear that Sheena allegedly got in a physical altercation with Raquel at a bar after Wednesday's Watch What Happens live taping? If this turns out to be true, girl, Raquel's finished. Donzo's. I stand Ariana. This is in real time. I love you so much. I love you. Not Raquel wearing a Tom Tom hoodie to BravoCon. Girls, stand up. If I have to remember Tom Sandoval dressed up as Raquel, dancing to Toxic, you do too. Now presenting an insanely thorough and correct timeline of Sandoval and Raquel's affair. I can't believe we get to watch the rest of this season and know it was all recorded mid-affair. Like, I truly can't believe it. Not even a third trimester Tristan Thompson would go as his mistress for Halloween. Someone just mentioned a baby to me. And now I think I'm dead. Please don't let it be about Tom. It's about Tom. Raquel gave me her sweatshirt the other night on the air. And I'm now wondering, does this sweatshirt hold all the answers to our questions? The answer to Andy Cohen's final question there is kind of. Because while news was dropping on Instagram, documenting every single revelation that came out post-Scandival, over on Reddit, fans were meticulously combing through the archives of social media, old interviews, and BravoCon clips to find every single bedazzled piece of evidence that we'd missed. Every hint, clue, and sign that this affair had been hiding in plain sight for months. A therapist once told me that the same way that some people seek safety through financial security or physical comforts, other people may seek it through data collection. The more we can know about something, the more we feel like we can control it. Maybe if we could find out what we missed, then we could find out how we missed it. Find out how Ariana missed it. And maybe then, none of us would ever miss it again. Danielle Peterson is the queen of data collection and the creator of the 56 by 56 inch Scandival timeline PDF I previously referenced. Danny Gossip Gal, as she's known on Instagram, grew up on celebrity gossip and blind items and eventually cut her organizational teeth on timelining the Jeffrey Epstein case. When Scandival broke, her mind immediately began jumping through time for potential clues and Easter eggs, starting with the most recent. I would say the Watch What Happens live appearance. Mm-hmm. You know, the evening or a couple evenings prior to the news breaking, because that was such an awkward appearance. Mm-hmm. You could tell Sheena was legit shocked by Rachel's response when she asked, who's the more attractive Tom or, or something along those lines. 
Daniela is referencing the Wednesday, March 1st appearance of Sheena and Raquel on Watch What Happens Live. The appearance that we now know took place on the same night that Ariana found out about her boyfriend's affair. Andy Cohen recapped the pivotal hiding in plain sight moment on his radio show. Wednesday night, Sheena was on Watch What Happens Live with Raquel. Mm -hmm. I said, who's the cuter Tom? Sandoval or Schwartz? They both said Sandoval. Mm -hmm. I looked up and said to Raquel, oh, You said Sandoval. Oh, weird. And then we moved on. Now, during the commercial break, I guess Sheena's antenna was up. Sheena said to Raquel, you know, I only picked Sandoval because I knew that you were going to pick Schwartz. Oh, my God. And Raquel said, well, Sandoval has abs. And kind oh, of shrugged. What? It's absolutely wild. Andy goes on to say that Bravo should replay this Watch What Happens Live episode like it's the Zapruder tape. To which I say, Andy, don't you worry about that basic cable rerun. It's all the Zapruder tape to us. And it's all just one click away on our phones. I would say once that news was broke and then thinking back to that appearance, I'm like, wow, maybe there is something to that. And then it was Easter egg after Easter egg after Easter egg. Much like this podcast, Danielle's timeline starts at the very beginning with Brandy Glanville and Sheena Shea. But it gets particularly juicy around season nine when Raquel and Sandoval Easter eggs start to pile up. There's just so much to unpack. And then looking at certain aspects, like the $25,000 engagement that Sandoval helped pay for. Who does that? You can be a great guy, but that makes no sense. I just really wanted to dig deeper into it. And dig she did. It's easy to think back to the time when Scandaval clues were turning up left and right and think we were all conducting this investigation together. But I know good and well that people like me were just following the trail of people like Danielle out there in the Instagram investigative trenches. If she's Olivia Benson, then I'm Ice-T, just never able to get over the shock of what's being laid out before my eyes here in the special Scandaval Victims Unit. I sadly feel like a little bit of a stalker. I do apologize to them. I went through their Instagrams from top to bottom, looking at everything. And you could tell over the years, you know, there was some disconnect. Um, Mm -hmm. You could definitely tell that Rachel was a huge fan of his as well you know looking back at posts and that post from when they were doing their post um credits and it's the picture of her in like her purple confessional outfit and it says tom's future girl do you remember that no i actually did not remember that one 
She said Tom's future girl? Yes. In emojis. Like, it was lightning bolts, and then, you know, the crystal ball? Mm-hmm. And then, I think it was, like, um, a girl. And she posted that, you know, right after that filming. So I just think, I think slowly but surely, she was trying to drop hints mm-hmm. herself about was what was going on because he wasn't going to do it. And there it is, still on Instagram even today. A photo of Raquel in the same dress from the season 10 promo shoot where she and Tom are looking at one another behind Ariana's back Caption with three emojis that, to the trained and ready eye, seem to signify Tom's future girl. A lightning bolt for Tom, who had adopted the symbol as part of his brand over the past few years, a crystal ball for the future, and the girl symbol for girl. Now, is Raquel in a purple dress, and are the crystal ball and girl emojis she's chosen purple to match? Yes. This could all just be a coincidence. But then there's that other pesky non-purple emoji to contend with. Because when people think about the most telling clues of the Scandaval investigation, they always come back to one thing. Lightning bolt necklaces. The lightning bolt necklace. The lightning bolt. The necklace. Finding out about the the lightning bolt necklace. The lightning bolt necklace was a huge thing. The lightning bolt necklace. Not since Zeus had lightning bolts been this chaotic. And like all of the best tinfoil hat theories that turn out to be stone-cold facts, it started on Reddit. My name on Reddit is Porcelain Queen. Um, It's a name that my coworker calls me at work. And I just, when I was making my Reddit account, I was like, I don't know what to make it. And that just popped into my mind. Um, But my name in real life is Sarah. Sarah had long moderated subreddits like The Bachelor and Dunder Mifflin and was a fairly active user on the Vanderpump Rules sub when Scandaval dropped. At which point, new users immediately started flooding the sub with hundreds of posts and thousands of comments. So Sarah got tapped for the newly in demand and freshly beefed up Vanderpump Rules moderator team. It was just nonstop. I think like... The growth rate of the sub was wild. The amount of people just online at all times wanting to talk about this, like, it just didn't go stale. <laughs> Instagram may have been the face of the Scandaval investigation, but Reddit was the backbone. Theories, patterns, and clues were dropping in the sub nonstop, and users were sitting at the ready to debunk or verify them in the comments. And contrary to what casual Reddit lurkers like me might think, there's a method to posting on a subreddit, including a moderator code of conduct, which Sarah and the rest of her team took very seriously, especially considering the heightened stakes of Scandaval. Because Reddit is anonymous, we don't want to just let people make like harmful accusations on there and say certain things. So how Reddit works is there's like a queue basically where you can go and check it and if comments are reported or we have like certain words that get flagged so that way if somebody, you know, trolls online are coming on and making like racial slurs or something like that, like anything like that will get pulled, you know. But anytime a post was 
coming up that had like a new set of like information. We had to make sure that anything going up was like within the rules and also had some sort of, you know, if it did have anything harmful involved in it, that there was some sort of verification as to what the the person that's behind this account, what they're saying, they do have some sort of like connection to it. And in terms of dropping hot, possibly harmful takes on the VPR subreddit, there were two users who cast the first stones at Scandival. One named She Loves Son claimed to be a friend of Raquel's and spilled everything Raquel had allegedly told them throughout the affair in a now-deleted but highly documented post. And a second named Burger Sub Princess claimed to know a host of quote-unquote verified tea from the outer edges of the VPR friend group. Not to be, like, too specific, but they ended up proving that they did have, like, they sent us screenshots of the text messages and the conversations that they were a part of, and they were posting things on the subreddit, like, prior to even Dumois posting it. The fact that Raquel and Tom went to, um, what was it, St. Louis for Christmas together, like all kinds of stuff like that. The necklaces. Somebody claimed that the lightning bolt necklaces were there signed to each other. And then users found, like, like they went on social media and any videos of Raquel, they were trying to track, like, how far back the two of them started wearing those lightning bolt necklaces. And it was really close to one another, like, from what the users could track down. You know, you read this stuff and you're like, oh, this is armchair analysis, you know? We're just all kind of shitposting on the internet. This isn't real, you know? But then as the show comes out, you're like, oh my gosh, this was all legit, you know? And it it really makes you... It's hard because you don't want to believe everything you read on the internet, especially from strangers. But so much of it was real and true. As Sarah points out, it's an unusual experience on the internet to read a rumor, many rumors, that seem too unbelievable to be true, only for them to be proven with hard evidence over and over again. But Raquel and Tom really were wearing matching lightning bolt necklaces as early as September 2022. There were photos. There were first-person accounts. There was footage from the holy mecca of BravoCon. And several other points from these initial posts were verified with further evidence, too. This was a full-blown love affair that had been going on since late summer. Raquel and Tom were saying, I love you. For months, Tom had been telling Raquel he'd leave Ariana, but always found an excuse why he couldn't. The house, his bars, Ariana's grandmother dying. Raquel had been seen going to Tom and the Most Extras concerts alone without Ariana there. Raquel had been sleeping over at Tom's house with Ariana there. Tom and Raquel went to St. Louis together for Christmas to visit Tom's family. Ariana found out about the affair because she discovered an allegedly dirty video on Tom's phone. When Sheena found out about the affair, hours after filming Watch What Happens Live with Raquel, 
she threw Raquel's phone into a gutter and allegedly struck her in the face. And to quote Raquel's very good friend one last time, she FaceTimed me and I saw it. It's not that bad. There was one juicy theory on Reddit that could never quite be verified to the public, though. That the rumor about Raquel making out with Tom Schwartz at Coachella actually got started because someone saw her make out with Tom Sandoval at Coachella in April 2022, several months before either Sandoval or Raquel would ever cop to anything physical happening between them. It was the same Coachella where Raquel posted a sun-dappled photo of herself and Tom with the mysterious caption, I'm on an island. But this makeout spotter allegedly got their Toms mixed up. And both Toms and Raquel just went along with it as a decoy heading into season 10. But whether this one was ever officially proven or debunked, It stands as proof that in the world of Bravo, content creators slash citizen detectives like Ginny Blaze are always archiving evidence, even when they don't know it's evidence yet. When BravoCon was happening, there was a rumor that came out about Tom Schwartz and Raquel making out at Coachella. And I remember being at BravoCon, like I can see her in that hoodie For the record, this is one of many times during my interviews for this podcast when I realized that I'd previously been in the same room as someone I was interviewing, but just didn't know it at the time. And the grand total of my thoughts when seeing Raquel in this now infamous TomTom hoodie were, wow, she's taller than I thought, but not Jenny. I can remember from the corner of my eye, I was sitting with Ariana, Tom was somewhere, but Schwartz and Raquel were sitting right next to us, okay? Mm. But I was just like, hmm, I'm keeping that in the back of my mind because if they did make out, like, I don't like it, whatever. Then I see Schwartz get up and just walk away. And right then I was like, they, he does not like her. Mm. I just could tell. I'm like, my witchy senses are telling me something is not, whoever threw that out there, that rumor, like that's not real. I don't Mm -hmm. think they made out at all. He has zero interest in her. And before that, they weren't talking either. And she sat there by herself awkwardly after he got up. And I just remember being like, so creeped out. I'm like, what is this girl doing? Like, is she, I don't know. I just, I can feel that feeling right now. Jenny may have had her eye on the wrong Tom, but she still caught something. Something that would have much more meaning six months later when there were questions to be answered like, what did Tom Schwartz know and when did he know it? The jig wasn't exactly up, but it was on the verge of a reckoning. Because however careful Sandoval and Raquel thought they were being, It wasn't careful enough. I want to tell you something now that even I find shocking, despite knowing what I'm about to say. 
Everything that I've told you over the last hour or so, every clue that was uncovered, every old Instagram photo found, every Reddit thread made by a source close to Raquel, every Bravo camera picked up, happened over the course of March 3rd to March 5th, 2023. One weekend of Scandaball. By the end of that first weekend, we had been caught in a storm of content so all-consuming that a few moments of levity were needed. Investigative focus had turned from data collection to the all-important meme. And by Sunday night, the preferred format was some variation of the caption, me at work tomorrow after mainlining Scandaval all weekend paired with a photo of a run-through Barbie or a little girl covered in glitter, or a video of Ramona Singer wilding out. It's like my heart was cut out, my legs and my arms. So don't even tell me and try to compare your life to mine. Don't, don't, just don't, Bethany. Have more respect for me. How are we doing? Not well, bitch. But there was no rest for the reality TV weary. On Monday would come questions from non-VPR watchers at work and at home who knew we were experts, who knew we'd been doing the work, who could see the blood in our eyes and the calluses on our scrolling thumbs. A tweet from a Twitter user named Cuntley Kardashian read, So frustrating trying to explain everything to my mom. I told this bitch 10 years ago to start watching this shit. Now, there's no time to explain and she wants to know what's going on but doesn't know who anyone is. Hashtag VPR, hashtag pump rules, pay attention, please, hashtag LVP. We knew there was no break coming because people had Scandaval questions and we had Scandaval answers. And where we didn't have answers, we'd find them. Because after Monday came Tuesday, and after Tuesday came Wednesday. And on Wednesday, we got a brand new episode of Vanderpump Rules with 10 more to follow, where we knew exactly what Sandoval and Raquel were about to get up to. But deliciously, And to paraphrase the sitcom Friends, they don't know that we know. And that is how a Bravo scandal turns into a nationwide scandal. That's next time on An American Scandal. This podcast was reported and written by me, Jody Walker. The executive producers are Juliet Littman and Sean Finnessy. Our story editor is Andrew Gredadaro. The show was produced by Kaya McMullen and Vikram Patel. Copy editing by Helena Hunt. Fact-checking by Kellen Beacoats. Sound design by Kaya McMullen. Mixing and mastering by Scott Somerville. The music in this series is from Epidemic Sound and Blue Dot Sessions. Art direction and illustration by David Shoemaker. Special thanks to Chelsea Stark-Jones, Steve Allman, Jade Whaley, Emily Fehrenbacher, and Jason Brandeis. Thanks for listening. 
This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.